Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I go hunting in southern Illinois on property that my family owns. The place is practically my second home and... I've spent countless hours exploring all around every inch of it. Caught all the fish in the area, I've hunted every legal game and spotted the rest. So when I say that I've never had an experience like this, remember that this was my domain that I felt comfortable in any weather, at any time, with any equipment or even lack thereof. So two deer seasons ago, I'd pulled into the farm at probably about 4.40 in the morning. It was November, so at least two hours till sunlight. I pull my stuff out of the truck and I walk into the woods. I have my shotgun and a revolver knife on my belt, an elbow light clipped to the front of me, a thermos of coffee and a backpack with a book and a couple of other things for cleaning my deer should I get lucky. So I walk off the drive and into the woods. The tree stand that I'm going to is less than a mile away, but through some dense second-growth forest and down a rather steep hill, across some bottoms, then a lung-burning steep climb up another ridge. I always dread the hike, but it's a good spot, so I often do it. I make it down to the bottoms, slush through the icy muck, and get to the climbing. With my flashlight clipped to my chest, I keep needing to physically turn my body to throw the beam around and see trees that I recognize to determine my path. This, of course, always gives the forest a horror movie vibe, even on the best of days. The leaves and the underbrush are encased in frost, so every one of my steps comes with a solid crunch, no matter how quiet I'm trying to be. This time, though, I noticed that there was more noise than usual. What I mean is that something else was crunching close by, too. I walked about maybe a quarter of the way up the hill listening to my company the whole time, seeming to stay the same distance away as I moved. Naturally, I think to myself that I'm going to have a quick hunting day, so I plop my butt down next to a tree. I can't shoot until first light, but I'm hoping if I stay really still that whatever I'm hearing will lounge around until then. So I click off my light, unsling the shotgun, and I lay it over my knees to wait. Except... 
I don't really hear anything now. Whatever it was, it must have been spooked by my flashlight spinning all around as I sat. I still stayed a bit, sipping some coffee to make sure, but I gave up after 15 minutes or so of dead silence from the forest floor. And I probably didn't even make it four steps before the moving starts again. At this point, I'm still not freaked out. I stay facing the way that I am and I flip the light off again and sidestep behind a tree. But sure enough, I don't hear anything again. Two minutes of sitting there frustrated before I start moving again and my new friend does too. And this is where I started to get a bit nervous because I worked my way up the hill stopping to turn and look every so often. And when I stopped the sound would go on for just an infinitesimally longer amount of time than my own steps. Like something seeing me stop and doing its very best to stop before I heard it. This happened no less than four times as well and by now I'm sweating bullets and freezing cold because, well, it's the middle of winter. I abandoned my thermos near a tree so that I could hold my flashlight and my revolver at the same time and the last hundred feet or so to my stand was done backwards so that I could be facing the noise and in theory keep it from moving. And I didn't hear anything again after that. I got up into my stand and I smoked like five cigarettes in a row. It gave me a sense of security being up in a tree behind camouflage like that. Still, I only hunted for like an hour of daylight and went back early that day. And I wasn't moving slow headed back to the truck, even with the sun shining bright at this point. Now, I haven't told my family about this because, well, I don't think that they would believe me, but... Man, when I think back about it, it was freaky. The sound and when it decided to happen felt, well, very human, which it likely was as poachers and trespassers occasionally wander onto our property. Still, ever since then, when I go hunting, I'm much better about letting people know where I am going and for how long these days. I still don't know what that was. I didn't see anything, which is perhaps the most strange part. I thought that I would have seen something at least, being that the sound sounded so close. In the end, I still have no idea what happened that day, and if you guys know anything about what it could have been, then I would love to hear it. Growing up in the 90s, I was always exposed to a fair amount of aliens in the media. Movies and TV like Independence Day, MIB, Mars Attacks, uh, E.T., X-Files, Invader Zim, ALF, Third Rock from the Sun. I can't remember anyone in my family ever taking any sort of particular interest in aliens, but they were just always sort of, I don't know, around. I don't know if this media is why, or maybe it was my parents' open attitude towards the subject, but I never questioned the existence of them. I knew stories about people being abducted and crop circles, but I didn't feel like it presented any sort of immediate danger. I never considered myself to be afraid of them, and that is until my mum started asking me about it one morning. I've always been a sleep talker, well, more of a sleep mumbler I guess, but when I was 9 or 10 I started sleepwalking as well. My parents would find me in like the living room or the hallway trying to incoherently accomplish something. 
Most of the time, they could just guide me back to my bed without incident. But on one occasion, it just wasn't that simple. When my mum came to check on me before she went to sleep, she saw that I wasn't in my bed. She came into the room to look for me and noticed a small figure crouched in the closet. She asked me what I was doing and came closer to help me back to bed. And as she started to approach, I guess that I started crying and mumbling about aliens and I even peed on the floor. She was shocked and called for my dad to come and help her. When he arrived, he tried to pick me up to comfort me, but I started screaming and I hit him in the face apparently, something that I'd never done before and haven't done again since then. They had to let me cry myself out, mumbling the aliens and don't take me again over and over until I would let them help me. My mom says that she doesn't think that I ever really woke up too because I didn't say anything as she changed my pajamas and tucked me back in. The next morning when she asked me if I had had a dream about aliens, I, I didn't know what she was talking about. I mean, I had no recollection of anything that had happened the night before. She asked if being abducted by aliens was something that I worried about often and I earnestly told her that it just wasn't. My parents never made a big deal about the occurrence. They just wanted to make sure that I was alright but I was pretty embarrassed by it. Since I had no memory of the event, I wasn't left with any fear of the aliens while I was awake, but I was left with a burning curiosity, I guess, as to whether they would be back. Nearly two years ago now, my husband and I moved to a pretty safe town. We decided to have some fun while we were young and child-free, so... We got an apartment downtown. It was super fun. It's on the top of a shopping center with restaurants, boutiques, a theater, all kinds of stuff. We had a blast living there too and have always felt very safe. Now, I like to go on walks. Since the area is so busy, I've always just sort of walked here and there when I'm alone. I go on a walk about every other day, less in the winter. But for two years, I've seen this older man sitting in the shopping center. He always gave me a really bad feeling though, so if I came upon him, I tried to divert my path. But I felt sort of bad for judging, I guess. I said to myself, maybe I was just being paranoid. Maybe he's just old and lonely and wants to be out and around people, right? Well, the other night, there was a, apparently a shooting in the shopping center. It was around 8 o'clock at night and... I never go out that late by myself, so I didn't even know about it until the next morning. It turns out that some older man had kidnapped a woman in the shopping center at gunpoint, assaulted her, and tried to drive away with her even. Her husband drove after them and shot at the guy. She was rescued, and he's apparently now in jail. He admitted to the police that he's been stalking that shopping center for victims, watching the women around there, and I cannot tell you just how many times in the past two years that I have crossed paths with this guy, how many times I felt guilty for feeling uncomfortable around him, how many times I was right in his path, an easy target even. I guess the moral of the story is always trust your gut, always. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. 
Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. For some background, I'm a male in my late 20s living in northern Canada. And last weekend, I got a call from a friend telling me that while on his ski-doo trip, he went on by my cabin as it was on his route and that it looked like someone broke into it and smashed all of the windows. Devastated, I went out to my shed to load up my ski and sled with boards and tarps to repair the windows, hopeful to keep some of the snow out of my cabin until I could probably replace the windows in the spring. And just as I was about to leave, I got this, I don't know, gut feeling that something was wrong and that I should take a rifle just in case, because better to be safe than sorry. As I started my ride into the woods, I noticed the sky getting darker and I thought to myself, great, now I'll have a storm to deal with too. Luckily it wasn't a snowstorm but just a thick fog that rolled in quickly. There's nothing more unsettling too than being alone in the woods like that, encased in a thick fog, especially with god knows what around you. But I finally get to my cabin and sure enough all of my windows are smashed. I unload my gear and get to work, trying to get my cabin secure as fast as I can and get the heck out of there. At some point though, I feel like all of a sudden I'm being watched, which gives me a bit of a lump in my throat because I can't see anything in this fog. Then I hear something moving through the trees. I automatically grab my rifle and put my back to the cabin, hoping that if something comes out of the fog that I'll be ready for it. My first thought was that it was the terrible person who broke into my cabin, coming back under the cover of the fog to see what else they could take. But then I realized that no skidoo approached me as I would have heard one from miles away as it was so quiet out there. After waiting a while with no more noises coming from the woods, I go back to work, get my windows fixed and I return back to my skidoo to get the heck out of there. After a short ride, I notice something that looks like pot poles in the middle of the trail, and it turns out to be polar bear tracks leading towards my cabin. That creepy feeling of being watched and the noises from the woods was probably a polar bear stalking me, and was the actual culprit of the break-in at my cabin. What disturbs me most is that, honestly, I, I would never have seen it coming with all that fog that day. And my rifle, well, it would have been practically useless against such a a huge animal like that. To this day, I genuinely feel lucky to be alive. I really love to drive for DoorDash on my free time. Something about getting out past midnight and just driving is very soothing to me. 
why not make some money doing it too, right? Well, my wife hates it though. Specifically me going out past midnight in what she calls the bad sides of town. I don't see it like that though. I've driven for DoorDash for a bit now and I've never once felt a fear for my own safety, much less a fear for my life, and I love driving on the west side, south side, and downtown around midnight. But let me run through my shift tonight. So I started my dash in at around 5pm to hit the dinner rush and it was slow so I did a lot of waiting for a while. 6pm I started feeling oddly restless in a way that I haven't felt before. I felt like I needed to get out of my car and run a mile or something like I just couldn't keep my legs still. I parked at a gas station to walk around and get a soda and a water to calm my nerves and it worked for a bit. 7pm I drove to the west side, I felt great and was doing really well with how much I was making. No changes in how I did things at all too. It was just a, a very average hour to be honest. The only thing that I did notice was that I was making tons of stupid mistakes. I was missing turns, driving too slow, even stopped at a green light as if it was a stop sign. 8pm I started working the south side and this is when things got... Well, weird for a lack of a better term. I left the west side with the sun still showing, but by the time that I made it, the sun was completely gone. This was odd too, considering that I've never noticed it gets so dark so quickly before. What I mean is that I drive this almost every day, but this, this was different. It didn't just get dark in a sort of normal way. It got dark normally, but this time I was hyper aware of it, I guess. It's hard to explain, but I just noticed it so much more than before. This is when my anxiety started creeping back. My legs got restless again. I started feeling like I needed to get out of my car and run a mile again. But I brushed it off and continued my work. Although I remained hyper aware of the darkness, and during one order when I was picking up food I could feel it, the darkness was heavy and deep almost like a low frequency that I just couldn't hear or something but was sort of vibrating throughout my body. I could feel the heaviness of my heart causing strain on my chest though and I thought that I could hear it drumming in my ears as well at one point. At 9pm I accepted an order that took me to the western area of the south side, an area and neighborhood that I've been in hundreds of times before. I stole my car at the house and something just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. All of a sudden, I felt really scared, but not like average fear. There was this absolute sense of complete and total dread that just overtook me. In an instant, I felt like I was being stared at too, and I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but I'm being completely serious when I say that I would have bet all my money that there was someone in the backseat of my car staring at me all of a sudden. I could feel the heaviness almost. Just like earlier in the night tonight, sitting in my car in front of this home, I started to tear up a bit as I felt closer to death than I ever have before. I worked up the bravery to turn around, but of course when I did, nothing was in the back seat besides the darkness that felt really heavy as if it was made of solid matter. I just cannot explain though how physical the darkness of my back seat felt. Like I was staring at a a person sitting in the back seat, like their weight was being put onto the car, but nobody was there. I got out of my car to try and shake it off, and when I did, I, 
I saw another car pull up in the driveway of the home. I thought that maybe I could hand it to them and get on my way, but they just sort of sat in their car looking at me and looking down at the shining light that I could see was their phone. They did this three times before I worked up the bravery and I walked the order to the door, every step further increasing my sense of absolute horror for some reason. But I dropped it off, took the picture and rushed to my car. I turned to my left seeing the person still sitting in their car in the driveway, their face illuminated by their phone, but they were just sort of staring at me. I locked my doors and I looked in the back seat again. Still nobody there and it was confirmed due to the light being on from the opening door. But because I locked the door, the light slowly dimmed to darkness again. And the feeling? The feeling this time was heavier than even before. As soon as the darkness of my back seat hit, it was like the car was full of people sitting back there just staring intensely back at me. I couldn't look away from the darkness. I felt like I was being crushed by the fear and the anxiety. I turned my car around quickly and I drove off, noticing how the person in the car in the driveway was now no longer in the car, which didn't make any sense because how the heck did they get out of the car so quickly? 9.30 hit and I closed out my shift at this point. I was sobbing in the driver's seat with my inside car lights on as I drove home. My mind was spinning. I was lightheaded. The sense of absolute total horror was gone and in its place was just a, a void, emptiness, as if something occupied my soul for just a moment and then left it wide open and vacant. I walked into my home. My wife greeted me, noting how I returned early. I fell into her arms and sobbed again. It's now 11pm and... I'm sitting on my couch with all the lights on and I just feel utterly alone, empty, completely void of all emotion besides one feeling, a slight semblance of fear sitting in that empty void. My wife wanted me to take out the trash to the dumpster outside, but I just couldn't do it. I don't know why, but I just can't go back outside in the dark tonight. I know that this whole thing is really weird to say the least but if any of you guys know anything about what might have happened tonight please do tell me because that fear it's still sitting with me around 2014 in a summer in a small provincial town in ecuador i was working in my father's farm he was dedicated to livestock, so every weekend after school, he'd help with daily tasks, such as feeding the cows and go over to them to make sure that they're not missing or have any problems and stuff. Well, one Saturday, I did a routine afternoon batch check around 3pm. For some reason, I couldn't do it earlier, so I rode my horse called Loco and went to see them in the afternoon. It was a bit of a trip, but... It was about 50 minutes to an hour because there was a shortage of pasture on the farm and we had to rent a, a piece of land nearby. The outward journey and the batch check passed without incident. It was around 5.30 in the afternoon so I started the journey back and 30 minutes back home I just felt a, a strange, I don't know, like wind on my body or something. I was skeptical until that moment but for some weird reason that feeling made me think something bad was about to happen. 
Almost instantly too, I noticed that Loco began to struggle with the reins. Something strange since he was a noble and really calm horse. However, he began to move his ears abruptly, his hair curled and his body struggled against the side of the road. As if, as if to say, I want to dodge something and run. And with all my strength, I tried to control him with the reins while that was happening and my head involuntarily turned to the right and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a a black silhouette, maybe a one and a half meters away from us, disappear from the fence that surrounded us and made its way through the undergrowth. The undergrowth began trembling and it was breaking everything when it disappeared. It didn't run, it didn't fly, it simply just sort of vanished. I really don't think it was an animal too since it didn't like make any animal noises or the typical sound when an animal or a person flees. Whatever this thing was, it seemed almost supernatural or something. What I mean is that it just sort of vanished in a, a huge rumble of dry undergrowth. While that happened too, in a brief second, my hands went completely numb from the force that I applied on the wheels and Loco simply started running and I, still confused, held on with the little strength that I had left so as not to fall and injure myself. After minutes of intense running, Loco finally stopped his gallop. I went down to drink some water in a stream and it was at this time that I noticed that my eyes began to burn like nothing else. They just burned like having bathed in like pepper spray or something and I hadn't done or touched anything to make this happen. When I got home and unsaddled my horse, I went inside and my mother asked me almost immediately what had happened to my eyes. I simply replied that it was my sweat, that it wasn't necessary for her to be alarmed that way, but she insisted that I go look in the mirror, and when I did, I noticed that my eyes were like full of blood, almost like crying blood too. There was not a single white space in my eyes any longer. There was nothing but two meatballs filled with red as vivid as blood. That obviously scared me, and I couldn't help but feel that it was somehow related to that black thing that I saw. It should be noted that my doctor couldn't find a medical or even a logical explanation about what had happened to my eyes and that no medication helped. In fact, my eyes remained that way pretty much for two months. But telling this to my mum and brother, they just froze. My brother went the next day to check the area where I had seen that sighting to have a look around and see if he could find anything. And he told me that... There were no trails, roads, or at least one broken branch. Everything was completely clean. It was just really weird, and there were no plants there that would cause this. He acquired some water samples for the doctor, and they came back negative too. It's been eight years, and I remember it vividly, and I haven't been back to that place since then. Loco unfortunately died a year ago, and... It's sad to know that he was my partner and the only one who ever experienced that with me. I miss you, Loco. So, I had a date several years ago. I met this dude online and I really should have paid attention to the red flags. This guy had no sense of humor and wouldn't even type so much as an lol or a smiley face when I tried to joke with him. He seemed kind of, I don't know, serious, 
but he had a lot of intriguing things to say and we had a lot of the same interests, so I figured that maybe he would be a better in person or something. After creepy encounters in the past though, I made sure to message one of my best girlfriends before going out on this date. Told her where we were going and the car that he drove and even his name. I even sent a pic of his profile online. Anyway, I met him at the restaurant that happened to be next to a hiking trail. Weird, right? And well, during our time eating, his sense of humor had not appeared at all. It was pretty creepy to be honest. Like every time that I made a joke or laughed, he would just stop what he was doing and stare right through me. Like staring at nothing. His eyes resembled the cold, emotionless eyes of a a doll maybe or something and it just really creeped me out and then he started talking and it got a lot worse he started talking about his job and how he felt slighted by everyone and that he deserved to be treated better because he was smarter than them the serious psychopath red flags were going off in my head at this point he never even had any emotion on his face either no smile, no laugh, just a constant blank face and blank stare with those predatory eyes. Then he wanted to go for a hike. I said that I needed to go to the bathroom, told my friend everything via a phone call. She was to make up a story to allow me to ditch the date and I should have just crawled out that window and left but I didn't want to be rude. I don't know, I felt sort of bad. My friend was going to call me in like 10 minutes with his story. We started down this hiking trail. There were plenty of people around, so I relaxed for a bit. But then he kept trying to take me off the trail to look at a great spot. Apparently he had found one earlier. He had obviously been off the trail here before. And quite frankly, I just panicked. I sent my friend an SOS and she called with the story that her car broke down or something and needed me to get to her. The dude wasn't buying it and insisted on meeting my friend, but we both drove to the restaurant separately, so why would he need to meet my friend? He became frustrated and a little bit angry at this point, the first emotion that I'd ever seen on this guy's face. I rushed back on the trail where I could be seen and the anger on his face just vanished. He decided to stay there where he was on the trail and thankfully didn't see me off when I left. Now, I don't know if this dude was truly dangerous or not, but the feeling that I got in the pit of my stomach told me to just get out of there right now. What do you guys think? Was I just jumping the gun or was there something more going on here? This happened when I was in my early 20s. I was on plenty of fish, looking to meet a nice guy. I had a few conversations going with some people, but they quickly became lewd and, and aggressive when I expressed my lack of interest in hookups. But there was one guy who was maybe five years older than me that had messaged me and he was really the only one that didn't act like the others had. But what I mean is that we had normal conversations and I thought, you know, what the heck? He wanted to meet up and we should give it a crack. I was in the Navy at the time and it turned out that he was too. On the same base even. I lived off base mind you but he claimed to be a martial arts instructor that taught classes at the gym by the barracks. And he 
seemed nice and all, so we set up a date, but something about him just bothered me that I couldn't put my finger on. I think it was the fact that I'm used to making people laugh and joking around since I'm sort of a bit of a class clown, but with this guy, I just got nothing. He would never respond when I made a joke, just would carry on what we were talking about before. He seemed almost too serious. In the end, I just chose to ignore it because maybe I wasn't as funny as I thought. Anyway, the night before I was to meet him, I got a strange phone call from an unknown number. Like one of those numbers that says unknown or blocked or something so you can't call them back. I wasn't going to answer at first, but man, am I glad that I changed my mind. So the person on the other end of the phone sounded female and a little bit frantic. She said, hello, is this... and my name, and I paused. Uh, who? I answered. She then said, look... I know that you have a date tomorrow with this guy and I'm telling you not to go. He's a dangerous person. I was kind of startled that she knew my name and the guy's name and I responded with, What? Who are you? And she pleaded for me to hear her out. She said that she was an IT for the Navy, which is how she was able to hack his account and find our messages to each other, including my phone number and everything. She apparently used my phone number to look me up in the base directory or something like that. Found my name and address, or so she claims. That freaked me out a bit. But she then tells me that he lured her somewhere private to try and have his way with her after meeting her on Plenty of Fish. I asked if she reported it, but she said no because nobody believed her since her rank was low. Now, obviously, I didn't know if this was some sort of psycho ex or if this was real or not, but I wanted nothing to do with either of those things, to be honest. So I thanked her for a time, and I promptly cancelled the date. Look, I don't want any part of either of those things, whether it's a crazy ex or sexual abuse. No thank you, especially since she stalked both him and me at this point. I don't know... Something didn't sit right about that whole encounter and the dude called me the next day and asked why I cancelled. I made something up and he then says the girl's name from the phone call called you didn't she? I froze because I just didn't know what to say. He then says I thought so and then hung up. I blocked his number after that. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.